0: Welcome to SCATCAST episode 65. There is one skit-skat. Oh, thank God. But it's 40 minutes long. Oh, you motherfucker. I'm the script keeper and he's Steve. Ugh. And this is the retelling of The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Oh. This is Brock Samson. Uh, I might have heard you. And you're listening to the SCATCAST Network. Uh, whoop-de-doo. Sleep, sleep, little baby. Sleep, little baby, you sleep. Scatcast is here to harvest your fears and show you the horrors of life. It's Scott really rhymes. <laughs> really fairy tales, <laughs> but whatever. Well, hey there, you little whiny dihydrogen monoxide bags. Yeah, yeah. It's time to remove the innocence of childhood, uh-huh. so you can be cynical cunts like the rest of us humans. Cynical. This is a scatcast retelling of Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid. Yes. And it's dark as fuck. Ooh. Once upon a time, in the deepest, bluest, clearest part of the ocean, lived the sea folk. Now, when a lot of people think about the bottom of the sea, they think about dirt, just bare white sands as far as the eye can see. But that would be bullshit, and you probably already knew that. It's actually a whole ecosystem with flowers and trees and all sorts of shit. You've seen National Geographic, let's move on. Now in the deepest part of the ocean rises the palace of the Sea King. And it was bougier than any bipedal Simeon had ever dreamed of. It was made of giant shells and pearls, you know, sea shit. Now let's meet some of these assholes in the story. First there's the Sea King. I'm the Sea King! And despite living a life of pure opulence, I powder my butt with pearl dust. The Sea King was a bit sad, for he had been a widower for many years. I knew I shouldn't have had my ex-wife executed. Yeah, live and learn. And the Sea King had his old mother keep house for him. That's my boy! What'd you say, Mom? You yeah. Good boy. Get out of my room, Mom. And the king's mother was a very clever woman, very proud of her noble birth. I'm a rich bitch. Therefore, she flaunted twelve oysters on her tail while the other ladies of the court were only allowed six. I'm twice as good. Now, except for this, she was an altogether praiseworthy person, yeah. particularly so because she was extremely fond of her granddaughter. Look at my flourishing jeans. These lovely mermaids were known as the sea princesses, and there were six of them, all very beautiful, but it was the youngest of them that was the most beautiful of all. Up, yep, I'm playing the beautiful princess again. And her skin was soft and tender as a rose petal, and her eyes as blue as the deep sea. Up, yep fucking hot. You're all creeps. But like all the others, she had no feet, for her body ended in a fishtail. That's literally what a mermaid is. I'm just reading the story, ignore me. Right. Now, all six of the little princesses would just kind of lay around the palace all the time. There's really not much to do. But to demonstrate the kindness of our littlest princess. I am very sweet. Every day, the guards would let fish swim into the castle, and most of the fish were quite weary of the mermaids since they ate them. Fish are delicious. But the little fishes would trust the little mermaid. Here, little fishy fishes, here's a treat. And one in particular would eat right out of her hands. Hey, little buddy. Oh, hello. You like these little treats, don't you? They're not by chance having a coffee. I don't know what that But I'm gonna name you Flounder. Well, but I'm not a flounder. Your name is Flounder, and you will like it. Please don't hurt me. And the little fish became her best friend. Flounder, you're my best friend. Okay, little. Now, outside the palace was a big garden with flaming red and deep blue trees. And in this garden, blah, 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 bougie as fuck, each of the sea princesses had their own little plot of land. And they each grew beautiful sea flowers. And they made shapes and shit out of the flowers, because, you know, why not? That's not like we have PlayStations. Yeah, right, ignore me. Whatever. And the oldest of the princesses made her garden in the shape of a whale. And the second oldest in the shape of a squid. And the third made it in the shape of a dick, because, you know. Cindy's a bit of a rebel. But the youngest of the little sea princesses made hers in the shape as round as the sun. Flounder and I only collected the most beautiful red flowers. Right, Flounder? Whatever, little. For you see, the sky below the ocean was as blue and beautiful as the sky above the ocean. Really? Seriously, ignore me. That's kind of hard. Do your best. Look at that beautiful sun. She said, staring directly at it, which didn't hurt your eyes like it would if you were above the surface. Seriously? Goddammit, child. Right, ignoring. This was an unusual child. Rude. Quiet and wistful. And when her sisters decorated their gardens with all kinds of odd things they had found in sunken ships, she would allow nothing in hers except Hmm. flowers as red as the sun. None of that not trash in here, thank you. Except for one pretty marble statue. I love this statue. The statue was of a very handsome young man thrown a Discus or some shit. Look at those abs. It had sunk to the bottom of the sea from some ship that had wrecked. Seriously, dude's got like a ten pack. And next to the statue, she planted a beautiful tree and just drooled at the boat. Oh, look at that V. And she fantasized about meeting the young man. Give those glutes a good squeeze. Now because of this, nothing gave the youngest princess such pleasure as to hear about the world of human beings above her. Tell us more about the dirt monkeys, grandmama. She would say to her old grandmother. And don't leave out the steamy parts about the butts. And the old grandmother had to tell her all she knew about ships and cities and the people and animals. That sounds fucking tight. But her grandmother's stories about fragrant flowers covering the land appealed to her the most. Wait, flowers smell pretty too? For the flowers at the bottom of the ocean smelled like fish piss, because you know, fish piss. Yeah, I live in fish piss. And when she learned of the skyfish, you know, birds. skyfish, And that they could sing. That is so cool. She longed to hear them for herself. Grandmama, I want to see a skyfish one day. And then the grandmother told her of her rite of passage. I'm listening. She told her that one day when she turned 15, she would be allowed to rise up out of the ocean, sit on the rocks in the moonlight, to watch the great sailing by. Oh my god, that's so exciting! She said it flounder as she squeezed the poor little fish tight. Look, look, a little. Sorry. Sounds dangerous. And the little fish was right. It would be dangerous. And the grandmother explained that when the time came for the little mermaid, if she fucked around, she would indeed find out. Oh, don't worry, grandmother. I'll be careful. But she would absolutely not mean that. I kind of mean that. Ignore me. Right. The next year, right. one of the sisters would turn 15, but it would be five long years before the youngest sister would have her chance to rise to the surface. This sucks. But because each sister was spaced out like a year apart, each year a new sea princess would go to the surface, and each year they would promise to to tell the others what they had seen. Tell me everything, okay? And I'm trying to get some coffee. What even is that? That's a juice of burned beans. Weird. That coffee. And the littlest princess couldn't wait to hear her sister's stories. Tell me more. Make it up. I don't care. And for one who was so quiet and wistful, she was certainly the most eager of them all. Oh, to see the surface. And many a night she stood by her window and looked up through the dark blue water where the fish waved their fins and tails. Oh. She could just see the moon and the stars. Yeah. To be sure, Pretty. their light was quite dim. But imagine for a second seeing a giant whale shadow flying over the face of the moon. Kind of pretty, right? That's less pretty when they take a 200-pound shit of. Above your head. We've all got our problems, no. ignore me. Right. Oftentimes, she would see the shadows of ships go across the moon. Look, flounder a ship. i do doing too I'm And while she daydreamed of life on the ship, there was no chance that they knew there was a pretty young mermaid down below thinking of them. Hey, you think there might be a mermaid down there thinking about us? Just shut the fuck up, Rob. Hey, fuck you, Clifford. So the eldest princess had her 15th birthday and was given permission to rise up out of the water. Oh my God, I'm so excited for her. And when she got back, she had a hundred things to tell her sisters about. Did you tell me everything. And she did. But the most marvelous thing of all, she said... was. To to lie on a sandbar in the moonlight when the sea was calm, and to gaze at the large city on the shore, where the lights twinkled like hundreds of stars. Oh my god, kick ass. And she talked of the music that they played, and the dancing that they did. And the youngest sister listened with an uncomfortable intensity. Bitch, tell me about the dancing again. And the eldest sister talked about the church towers and spires and the ringing bells. And she was sad that she wasn't allowed to enter the city, for she had longed to do that the most. And the youngest princess thought to herself, I am for sure going in that city. And the youngest princess's infatuation with the topside grew. It would be so rad to not be goddamn mermaid. And every day, she would sit in her garden and look up at the sun and just stroke the statue's abs. You're naughty. I'm not naughty. You're naughty. And at night, she would float at her window and look up into the sky, imagining the sounds of the city and the church bells and dreaming of that whatever dancing was. I would throw the fuck down on that jet. The next year, her second sister had permission to rise up to the surface. Oh my god, bitch, so jealous. She was allowed to swim wherever she pleased, and she chose to come up just at sunset. And when she returned, she said the spectacle was the most marvelous sight she had ever seen. What a fucking sunset? You didn't go to the city? But the second sister just described, you know, pretty watercolor of the sky. Boring, what a waste. And another year passed, and the little sea princess's infatuation increased. Who's got the cutest little tushie? She said, honking the statue's booty. Yeah, can I get some privacy, please? Yeah, ignore me. Yeah, you're in my thoughts. Fair enough. The following year, her third sister, the one that had the penis garden. Oh my god, I love her. She was the boldest of them all. Bitch, you're my only hope to learn things for a year. And the third sister promised to bring back some cool shit. Oh my god, flounder, I'm so fucking jealous. Back off, bitch. Now the third sister went way further than the others, even swimming up a river that flowed into the ocean. And when she returned, she told her sister of amazing stories. What do you mean they poop in the streets? She told her of the glorious green vine-colored hills. Goosh. And of the palaces and manor houses that could be glimpsed through the splendid woods. Boosh. She told of the bird songs and the sun that shone so brightly that she had to dive underwater to cool her burning face. Fucking tight. Then the third sister told of a story of a school of mortal children. Children, you say? And these children were just paddling about in the water all naked and shit. Oh, Hans Christian Andersen. And the third sister saw they were having fun and she so wanted to play with them. But she explained as she approached that the children became very scared. Oh, no. What? She didn't know, but the kids ran away. Oh fuck! Then what happened? And then came a little animal, which you and I would know as a dog. Was it two? And the little bastard barked its ass off at the third sea princess. Yeah, it probably thinks that's people. But she said it barked so much that she had to get the fuck away from it because it was obnoxious. Them little dogs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I really don't. Well, oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm very ignorant right now. But despite the third sister's fret, she couldn't stress how much the splendid woods and the green hills and the nice chitron made her day. And she was blown away how the little humans could swim around without having fish tails. Well, wow, you are my favorite sister. And then another year went by. But let's just say the fourth sister was not nearly as adventurous as the third. God damn it. Or even the second or the first. Come on, Stephanie, please. But the fourth sea princess had no desire to even go above the surface. Stephanie, you prolapsed cloaca- All the fourth sister did was just stay among the rough waves looking at the fucking sky. God damn it, bitch. And another year would have to go by. And it did. Now it was the fifth sister's turn. And her birthday came in the wintertime, so she saw things that none of the others had seen. The sea was a deep green color and enormous icebergs drifted about. Each one glistened like pearls under the moonlight. And their icy structure rose into the sky like the tallest spires built by Oh my god, what did you see, bitch? And she said she seated herself on the largest of the icebergs. Cold booty. And then she talked about ships sailing by her. Oh my god, did they see you? And they had, and the fifth sister explained that the sailors were frightened of her. What? Why? You're beautiful. But nonetheless, the sight of a mermaid with a fishtail and all fucking scared the shit out of people. Whatever, I still want to hang out with people. And she doubled down on her fantasies again. I have a pretty weak support group, and I'm very keep to myself. Now, as the little sea princesses grew into adult sea princesses, the excitement of going to the surface seemed to fade. Oh, come on, tell me more. But each of the sisters, including the dick flower sister. They're my favorite. Became indifferent to the experience of surfacing. Oh my God, you're ruining this for me. But still, there were many nights that the older sisters would rise to the surface, arm in arm, all five in a row. Jealous. And they had beautiful voices, and they would sing, and their melodies were more charming than those of any mortal beings. And when a storm was brewing and they anticipated a shipwreck, they would swim before the ship and sing most seductively of how beautiful it was at the bottom of the ocean. Now, it wasn't because they were evil. They didn't know that humans couldn't breathe underwater, because you know, human mermaid relations were pretty bad. And to be honest, the sea people schools were just awful. Literacy rates through the roof, but that's a different story. The major problem was when the mermaids saying that people could not understand their song. Hey, you hear that singing? Yeah, that's Satan! Oh. And they mistook it for the voice of the storm. And when their ships hit the icebergs, and their bodies hit the icy deep, the five sisters were appalled to learn that all the fucking dudes drowned, and only dead corpses would visit the Sea King's palace. Note to self, humans kind of suck at breathing. She said, realizing she could breathe oxygen and fucking water like a badass. Right? Fuck yeah. Now on the evenings when the five mermaids rose arm in arm and breached the watery surface, their youngest sister stayed behind all alone. Fucking traditional, stupid goddamn. And she would just watch them from under the water. I am so Fucking jealous. And the mermaid wanted to cry, but fun fact, a mermaid has no tears because they're in water. And therefore mer people suffer more. That's stupid. It's science lady, deal with it. Whatever, this, Damn it, I wish I was fifteen. She said, shaking her fist towards the sky. I know that I shall love the world up there and all the people who live in it. And she looked over at Flounder for some reason. Oh, don't hug me. And she grabbed her little fish dog and she squeezed its ass tight. Then you're coming with me, you little bastard. Oh, that's my little girl out there. And then time did what time did. And eventually the little mermaid had her fifteenth birthday. Now I'll have you off my hands. said the grandmother to the youngest mermaid. Before I make Grandkids, you've been the biggest pain in years. Sorry, Grandmama. And then the Grandmama proceeded to adorn the little maid's hair like she had done with her sister. Oh, that fucking hurts. Too. And the Grandmother yanked and pulled. Goddamn, Grandmama. <laughs> but the old lady didn't give a fuck. And then she got to the tail. Oh, God. I remember Grandmama had 12 oysters on her tail because she was a badass. I'm a badass ass. And to her youngest granddaughter, she granted eight. Oh, that's okay. I don't need eight or even, you know, any. But she got eight. Oh, fuck. And they hurt a fuckload to apply. I, why the fuck? But the Grandmother assured her that she would have to endure quite a bit of pain. Okay, that's ominous. The Little Mermaid wasn't interested in all this bougie shit on her no. and would have been happy to wear a red wreath of flowers from her garden. Yep. But she didn't dare make any changes and she said goodbye. I am so excited. And for the first time in her life she swam to the surface. Oh. Wow. And we'll be right back after these words. Oh. So that is part one of Hans Christian Andersen's... Ruined. ...scat-casted version of The Little Mermaid. Hate it. But this is definitely the longest skit-scat we've ever made. Why? It's the original Little Mermaid, the best we could do. Ugh. And it gets fucking dark. I'm fucking dumb. Yeah, we take the story in some weird places. Part two, go. Now, the sun had just gone down when the Little Mermaid's head arose above the surface. Holy Zeus, it's so beautiful. Now, even though the sun was gone, the clouds still shone like golden roses. Wow. And in the sky, all the fucking stars were visible just about. in the moon... This is fucking tight. The air was mild and fresh, but the sea Uh, still smelled like fish piss. Yeah, big time. It's all just fish piss. But for the first time in her life, she smelled something else. What is that, bacon? And something deep inside of her awakened for bacon. I'm shaking for bacon or something. Now, it just so happened there was a ship going by. Oh, I hope they're not wearing shirts. And there was music and singing all through the day and into the night. And the little mermaid watched as they lit their lanterns. And she longed to be part of it. Fuck it. She said as she swam right up to the window of the main cabin. I have to see them. She said hormoningly. Just a peep. And each time the waves swelled, she could peep in through the window. And she looked at all the brilliantly dressed folk within. Holy, hello, beefcake. She said as her eyes met the most handsome of them all. And now I'm infatuated with him. And it just so happened he was a 16-year-old prince. Bonus. And it also just so happened that it was his birthday. Nice. And the reason for the celebratory singing and a dancing. Ah, you fucking guys, you got me? The prince said with his soothing and young voice. This is a hell of a surprise party, Bruno. Is this you? Guilty uh, as charged. Uh, I really had no fucking oh, idea. Check this shit out, boss. His buddy said as he lit some fireworks off. Ah, fuck yeah. And the sight of the sky exploding scared the shit out of the Little Mermaid. Nope. And she went directly on of the water. they note self-humans seem a bit destructive and or aggressive. But soon she peeped her head up above the waters again and it seemed as if all the stars in the sky were falling around her. Whoa. She had never seen such fireworks and blah 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 she thought it was cool blah 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 Disney song probably oh. but in the light of the fireworks she really noticed one important detail. I'm in love with that fucking prince. She couldn't take her eyes off the prince as he laughed and <laughs> smiled and shook yeah. people by the hand. The music that played that night became her favorite song. That's my fucking jam. And the smell of exploded gunpowder and fish piss became her favorite smell. Oh god yeah. Now her newfound love for this man she had never met had caused her to lose track of time. It got very late, but the Little Mermaid could not take her eyes off the ship and the handsome prince. Oh, just ten more minutes. She said every ten minutes. Leave me alone. And soon all of the lanterns of the ship went out, and everyone went to bed, but still the Little Mermaid was riding the waves and could see in the windows. Please take your shirt off. Please take your shirt off. She said peeping mermaidingly. What? This is a long story. Leave me alone. You leave me alone. Goddamn yeah, it. I might need a snack. Hold no, on. Don't come back. I'm just gonna keep watching oh, through the window. Okay. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Please mm-hmm. take your shirt off. I'm fine. All right. Now that I've had a snack and my calorie intake is up, yeah, the Little Mermaid really there was a storm a brewing, yeah. and in no time a storm was upon them. And the sailors were quick to act. We need to pray to God more. Yeah. And the tall ship pitched and rolled as it sped through the angry sea. The waves rose up like towering black mountains, as if they would break over the masthead. Isn't nature awesome? Now to the little mermaid, this seemed like good sport. But to the sailors, everything was fucked. Your Majesty, I don't think we're gonna survive. Well, that's a hell of a party. Didn't even check the weather, huh, boys? The ship creaked and labored, and thick timbers gave way under the heavy blows. Pray harder huge waves broke over the ship and the main mast snapped in two like a breeze. And just like that, the sailors were in the icy water. Oh, fuck, I forgot they can't breathe in water. And the little mermaid sprung into action. I gotta save that hottie. And the little mermaid dodged people in peril and beams and wreckage as she searched for that handsome prince. Here, hottie, hottie. And the storm raged with lightning, making everything visible in a second and then everything dark again. Okay, that's not ideal. And when the ship broke in two <laughs> shit. That's when she saw her prince sink beneath the waves. Yay, I get to hang out with my prince. And then again she remembered how the water would kill them if they breathed it. Oh, fuck. And she swam as Fast as she could towards the wreckage, dodging more planks and beams and more bodies. I'll save you, honey, bo body and avoiding all the shit she finally got to him. Hey there, I'm Ariel, she said, blushing a little bit. Then oh, And she realized he was dying. Let's get you some oxygen. And she quickly brought him to the surface. Oh, okay, there you go. And she let the waves take them wherever they went. No one's killing my future husband. She said as she stroked his hair. <clears throat> they popped out a little snot bubble. Okay, gross, but not a deal breaker. At daybreak, when the storm was over, not a trace of the ship was in view. The sun rose out of the waters red and bright, and its beams seemed to bring the glow of life back to the cheeks of the prince. Those are some nice cheekbones. But despite this, his eyes remained closed. One day you're gonna marry my fishy ass. The little mermaid said as she kissed his high and shapely face. And we're gonna have a whole litter of little half-human, half-cuppy babies. No, no, slave my prince. And at that moment, Flounder came up. Oh, that's adorable. Oh my god, Flounder. Hello. Will you help me get my future husband to some fucking dry land place? And together they took him to shore, a place where there was a church and some people, so they thought that'd be good. So they swam into the little harbor and they dumped his body. You'll be safe here, my love, she said, giving him a final kiss. Mm -hmm. And just as the bells of a great white building began to ring, Ariel went back to the sea. And she swam away behind some tall rocks that stuck out of the water. And she covered her hair and shoulders with the foam so that no one could see her tiny face. And she watched to see who would find her poor prince. And it didn't take long before a young girl came upon him. At first she seemed frightened but only for a minute. Then she called more people and the mermaid watched as the prince regained his consciousness. Holy shit, what happened? He said looking at the beautiful girl's face. You saved me. He said with a dreamy smile. God damn it, fuck that troll! The little mermaid said as she realized he wasn't smiling at her. That bitch did not save you. She said not loud enough for the prince to hear. Ain't this some shit? She said as she sadly <laughs> dove into the water and returned to her father's palace. Now the little mermaid had always been quiet and wistful and now she became even more so. Life is suffering. I am pain. Everything is meaningless Her sisters were shocked by this, and they asked her what she had seen. Oh, you know, just my own heart smashed on a rock with a hammer, she thought to herself, but she would tell her sisters nothing. One of them will just blab to dad and this will just turn into something stupid. And instead of telling a soul, she instead spent many evenings and mornings revisiting the spot where she had left the prince. Oh, if you only knew that it was me that saved you, she would say. Then we could have our guppy man babies. Each time she visited the spot, she hoped to see the prince, but never did she see him. Definitely. So each time she would come home more sad than when she had left. This is probably not good for me, she said to her little fish friend, Flounder. Okey-dokey. It was her one consolation to sit in her little garden and throw her arms around the beautiful marble statue that looks so much like the prince. Oh, abs of stone, you never let me down. But the little mermaid had changed. I'm emo now. And she took no care of her flowers. In fact, she started to plant black flowers. I listen to the Smiths now. And she dyed her hair black and locked herself in her room for weeks at a time, listening to like sunny day real estate and typo negative and shit. Are all sentient things sad? That- and finally she had to tell her secret to someone. She went to her sister that had the dick garden. Bitch, I'm in love with a human. And unfortunately that sister could not keep a secret. Oh, goddammit. Immediately all the other sisters heard about they it. You were my favorite. And word got around to enough mermaids that eventually a mermaid who knew who the prince was found out about it. And she told the little mermaid all about where the kingdom was, where the prince lived. Oh my god, yes! And when the other five sisters found out, they grabbed up the little mermaid arm in arm, and they began a long, arduous journey to find that their prince. Road trip! Let's get some coffee, but. And they swam their little fishy asses straight to where that prince's palace stood. And while it wasn't as magnificent as the sea palace, yeah, my dad's basically a god. It was still bougie as fuck, with gold, glistening stone, and great marble staircases, oh. one of which led right down to the... The sea. Goddamn, hottie bo body She looked around at the magnificent buildings. Some of them were domed. That's pretty cool. And there were giant pillars all around the buildings and marble statues that looked most lifelike. Does everyone here have tiny little peens? And through the clear glass of the lofty windows, she could see into the splendid halls with their costly silk hangings and tapestries Whoa. and walls covered with paintings that were delightful to behold. Yeah, we do not paint under the sea. Right, and blah blah blah. More pretty stuff. Oh, come on. Blah blah blah. Architecture. Bougie. Explain. Bougie. Okay, here we go. Fuck. Now that she knew where he lived, Phase three. she would often just a bunch of time in the sea just looking in his window please take your shirt off she'd even sleep there I love you and she would swim much closer to the shore than any of her sisters would dare venture I would do anything for love and she even went far up the narrow stream under the splendid marble balcony that cast its long shadow into the water okay a lot of people have pissed in this and there she found a very secluded place to watch the prince my love for you is not creepy at all and on many evenings she saw him set sail out on his fine boat with music playing and flags of fluttering and of course she would follow up I've already had to save his sweet ass once but the sailors were usually wasted and they never seemed to notice. Jack's real mature guys. Now, did you hear that? Was it a demon? No, it was a person's voice. Well, demons sometimes talk like people. <laughs> Whatever. Now, on many nights when the little mermaid was out and she saw their prince was going to be just fine, she would venture out and listen to others, and she'd often follow the fishermen as they'd come out to sea with their torches, and she beamed with pride when she heard them talk about how kind the prince was. Yeah, I heard the prince is like nash to animals. One of the town folks said to another, oh, Great. Hell yeah. The little mermaid said to Flounder, you hear that, Flounder? He's nice to animals. Whatever, He's probably no, that's fair. And as she listened to the villagers, she felt proud. For saving him, when she thought about how softly his head had rested on her breast, very softly, and how tenderly she had kissed him, so tenderly. But then she realized he knew nothing of all of this, nor could he ever dream of it. Balls, as she spent increased time with her head above the waves, she increasingly grew to like human beings more and more. I mean, not the burpee farty ones, right? Or the ones that are mean to animals, right? Or the ones that are rude to their waiters, that's not cool, got it. Anyway, or the ones that don't take their shopping carts back, they tend to be cunts too, right? Hashtag not all, we get it, life uh, is complicated. Okay. Their world seemed so much bigger than her own, yeah. I guess she didn't know how big the ocean was or something, yeah, not really. but it was amazing to her that that they could skim over the sea in ships and mount up to the lofty peaks high over the clouds, and their land stretched out into the woods and fields farther than the eye could see. But it doesn't smell like fish piss. You'll find there's many kinds of piss that the earth smells of. Like. I want to smell them all. There was so much she wanted to know, and there's no way her sisters could answer all her questions. Yeah, they're actually all super annoyed with me for asking so many. So she went to her grandmother to annoy her. Grandmama, I need your help. <laughs> if men aren't drowned, do they live forever? No. Do they die like we do? Not exactly. And the grandmother explained that mermaids live 300 years, while humans only live for a third of that at the best. Oh, that's sad. But then she also learned that mermaids didn't have eternal souls. But excuse me? But humans did. Dumb. You see, when people died, the grandmother explained, they became sea foam and eventually ceased to be. Okay. But when a human died, even at a young age, their eternal spirits would dance with the Lord. Well, that's not fair. Why weren't we given an immortal soul? The little mermaid asked sadly. I would gladly give up my 300 years if I could be a human only for a day. At least then I'd have an immortal soul. But the grandmother warned her not to think this way and assured the little princess that they were much happier down in the realm that they were. Mm. And their 300 years granted them a much fuller life than the dirt monkeys. I do not think you're understanding the concept of immortality. And Grandma was not that amused. Look, Grandma is there anything I can do to win an immortal soul? And the grandmother hemmed and hawed. Grandma And finally she explained that there was a way. I knew it. But it was almost impossible. That makes me want it more. You see, if a human loved the Little Mermaid so much that she meant more to him than his own father and mother, if his every thought was focused on her, then somehow the power of him just being a dude would grant her a heavenly soul. Okay, well, that's weird. But goddamn don't get a divorce. Right? That's what it sounds like. Fuck. But the grandmother was very clear. This would probably never Come to pass and she warned that her beautiful tail Would be seen as monstrous by the dirt monkeys I wouldn't mind having legs she said looking Unhappily at her fishtail and the grandma caught on And she suggested that they have a party I guess and reminded the princess that She had 300 years to live it up and then bam Eternal darkness right well anyway blah 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 they threw a huge party it was bougie as Fuck blah 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 everyone powdered their butts But the key takeaway from this party is that the Star of our story just so happened to be a Fantastic singer well I am classically trained and More so than any of her peers oh I am pretty Good yeah and the kingdom loved her voice and she sold like millions of records. Well, they're actually on seashells. Right, remember a long time ago when you were supposed to ignore me? Yeah, we've pretty much been going back and forth now consistently. Right, well, fucking ignore me. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the only time she was happy was when she was singing. Yeah. She loved the sound of her voice, yeah. whether it was in the sea or on the yeah. land. I'm every fish girl. It's all in me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, baby. Right, that got stupid real fast. Excuse me. Anyway, when the performance was over, her thoughts dwelled on her prince in the world above. Oh, my sweet, sweet prince. And more than anything, she longed to have an immortal soul because fuck. Right, because duh. Who knew mermaids didn't have that's certainly not something that Disney told us. So anyway, after her performances, she was sad. And she would just sit in her garden, squeezing the buttocks of the statue. And this feels like a good time to take a potty break. Yeah, we'll be right back after this. Ugh. Well, I hope you guys are enjoying the Skatcast retelling of The Little Mermaid. Huh. At least a little bit more than Steve. Ugh. And I don't feel like I'm gonna remind you of anything. I just wanna take a little break real quick, catch our breath. You sure you don't wanna shill all the things you show? No, you guys know how to support us, and I'm so thankful that you do. I gotta keep doing this crap. Yeah, speaking of that, Little Mermaid Part 3 Go. Now, weeks had gone by, and The Little Mermaid had given things a lot of Thought. No, I really have. Sadly, it's not gonna seem like it. What's that? You see, the little mermaid had learned of a witch. Okay, you're ignoring me now. She was a sea witch and probably an evil one at that. And she decided the sea witch was the only one that could help. I am getting a fucking immortal soul and I'm gonna marry that guy. And so off she went on an arduous journey. For the witch lived in a wasteland under the sea. And it was like sharks and jellyfish and whirlpools and no flowers grew, just fugly trees. And there were volcanic gases burping and farting throughout her path. And some of the plants looked like hundred-headed snakes growing out of the soil. Their branches were long and they had slimy arms with fingers like wriggling worms. Right, it's the sea. It's fucking sea stuff. Right, whatever. Hans Christian Andersen people didn't fucking know about this. Right, well, anyway, it's under the sea stuff. Right, well, these weird plants would grab shit. Oh, heads up. So many of them had the bones of fish and even some dead bodies of men. And one even had the carcass of another little mermaid. Holy shit. Her heart thumped in fear for she had known that little mermaid. Goddamn, Becky. And for a moment, she was paralyzed with terror at the sight of Becky. But the idea of an immortal soul drove her forward. I'm gonna get me a fucking soul and I'm gonna get me the prince and I'm gonna have me a fucking happy ending. And on she swam to where she thought the witch was living. Ugh. And as those weird plants tried to grab her, she punched them. Back off. Worm bitches. Oh yeah, and Flounder was with her because you know Flounder, <laughs> right? So blah blah blah, they kept traveling, blah blah blah, blah passed by the bones of men yeah. and sunken ships, hey. blah blah blah, reach a muddy clearing in the forest. No, excuse me, could you stop blah blah blowing my story? No, we're getting to the good part here. We got snakes yeah, coming. A little respect, please. Right. Well, she came to a place where big fat water snakes were slithering about. Okay, Flounder, do you know how to kill snakes? I do not. Yeah, neither. But in the middle of the snake-filled clearing, the Little Mermaid saw her destination. Flounder, look. Oh, that, that doesn't look good. It was a house built of the bones of shipwrecked men, and there on the porch sat the Sea Witch. There she is, Flounder. <laughs> Where are you going? Oh, he left. And the witch just sat there staring at her, letting a toad eat maggots out her mouth. Yikes, that's, yeah, okay. Not sanitary. Not really. Come to me, my little chickabiddy. She said, referring to those ugly water snakes. Oh, Jesus. And they came to her and crawled all over her spongy boobs. That's my babies. And the little mermaid approached. I know exactly what you want. The sea witch said. Oh, good. That makes this easy. The little mermaid responded. It's very foolish of you. The witch warned. Yeah, but you should see this guy. She retorted. Plus, he's nice to animals. It doesn't hurt that he's a prince, huh? And the two went back and forth in a Disney song kind of way. Look, witch lady, can you help me or not? Oh, you shall have your way. Yes. But it will bring you grief. No, I don't want that. Then, my sweet, proud princess, you will get rid of your tail. Okay, and get legs? Yes. All right. And you have to stumble around like a dumb human creature. I was hoping for that. Well, you're going to have to have the prince fall in love with you. Right, I've heard this before. And then and only then can you have an immortal soul. Right, I heard all this before I came. Well, here's something I bet you don't know, Miss Smart Gal. Okay. You just so happen to come on the only day of the year I can help you. Well, that seems super convenient. It is very convenient. And the witch went on to explain. I'm going to make you a potion that you drink. Okay. You're gonna drink it tomorrow when the sun comes up. Can do. Here's what's gonna happen. Mm. Your tail will divide and shrink until it becomes what people on Earth call a pair of shapely legs. Okay. Is it gonna hurt? It's gonna feel like a sharp sword cut you from your tail tip to your cloaca. Oh, fuck! Yeah, it's it worse. What? Mark, you want the good news or the bad news? Give me some good news. The good news is-, is I'm giving you the power to be the best dancer ever. Really? Yeah. You're gonna dance your fucking ass off with these legs. Fuck yeah. I'm also gonna give you a nice twerkable tushy. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. You ready for the bad news? I guess. Now, every step you take is gonna feel as if you were treading upon knives blades that are so sharp that they cut to the bone. Okay. I mean, every fucking step. (laughs) So I'm willing to help you if you're willing to go through this kind of pain. Well, I came all this way. You're really willing to suffer like this for a man? Well, it's really for that soul. You're willing to suffer? Yes. The princess said in a trembling voice. I'm willing. She thought of the prince and gaining a human soul. Remember. Said the witch witchingly. Once you've taken human form, you can never become a mermaid again. Right. No turning back. You can never come back through the waters to your sisters or to your father's palace. Right. Vanish forever. And if you don't win the love of the prince so completely that for your sake he forgets his father and mother right. then you don't get in the soul. Right. That's all rest on the dude that met me basically when he was unconscious. And also if he gets married to someone else. Right. Then your heart will break on the very next morning and then you'll die. I'll just drop dead. Actually you'll become sea foam. Fuck it I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take the risk. And as she said this the little mermaid <laughs> turned as death. Oh also you need to pay me. The witch said thrillingly. And it's no trifling price that I'm asking. What is it? Whatever it is I'll pay it. Well you have the most beautiful singing voice of anyone down here at the bottom of the sea. Oh that's very kind of you. Thank you. Right. Well I'm sure I would captivate the prince into marrying you straight away. Right, I'm certainly counting on that, yeah. Right, well, you can't have your voice anymore. What do you mean I can't have my voice? I'm taking the best thing that you have in return for the potion. My God, witch, why such a steep price? Because I have to put my own blood in this shit. Okay. And my tinkle. Seriously? It's mainly the blood you're paying for the blood. And for the first time in this process, the little mermaid pumped her brakes a bit. Wait, if you take my voice, she said, then what will be left of me? And the witch smiled a big, creepy-ass smile with, like, Disney creepy music behind it, And she said, Why, you will have your lovely form, your gliding movements, and your eloquent eyes. Okay. With these, you can easily enchant a human hat. You know, I'm having second thoughts. What have you lost your courage? No. I know you want an immortal soul and some hot princess. I do. And I want your pretty voice. You are serious. Yeah, I'm gonna cut your tongue mm-hmm. out of your stupid face. You're just gonna cut it off straight away, no anesthesia or something? Bitch, I was just feeding maggots out of my mouth to a toad. All right, fine. And so the witch did a bit of cackling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she went straight to work. Yeah. She hung her cauldron over the flames and started throwing all sorts of shit. In her. Need a new butthole of cat, butthole. testicle of rat. I should do two rat nuts. Then she turned to the little sea princess and looked deep in her eyes and said, you're gonna wish you never did this. Then she cut herself in the chest and let her black blood ooze into the cauldron. Oh then there's another big, ominous musical number. Right, let's skip that for sure. Right, blah 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 singing, and eventually the evil witch handed Ariel the potion. This is a potion. Now stick out your tongue. And you know what happened, Chitrin? The witch cut the fucking little mermaid's tongue off, and she could no longer sing or talk. Enjoy. And so the little mermaid, with her voice gone and potion in hand, she set out to fulfill her mission. But before she left the depths of the sea, she took a final. look at her father's palace. I'll miss you, father and sisters. She couldn't properly say goodbye for she knew it would break her heart. But she snuck as close as she could and blew kisses to her sisters. And then she floated up towards the surface. And we'll be right back after some stupid bullshit. And we have only the last part left. Sick of this shit. This is certainly a fun one. I had no idea it was gonna be this long. I knew it'd be this dumb. Thank you for being scat sacks, the scooper troopers, the scat army, the order of the elder turds, litter mates, or scat cats, or inside scoopers, or alley cats, or you amazing fat cats. This is all your fault at this point. right, the conclusion of the little mermaid. The sun had not yet risen when Ariel emerged from the sea and looked at the prince's palace. This better be fucking worth it. She thought to herself as she climbed the splendid marble staircase, the moon shining and clear behind her. And there under that moon she drank the potion. Oh my god, I'm drinking old lady pith. She thought as she chugged it all. And it was as if a two-edged sword struck through her frail body. She was transformed and where her tail once was, now she had two legs and two feet and ten toes. Okay, at least she didn't scam me. And then Ariel passed out from the pain. And there she lay for quite some time like she were dead. But when the sun. Rose over the sea, she awoke and felt a flash of pain. Oh, that hurts. She thought, but directly in front of her stood the handsome young prince. Now this is convenient. Instantly she was self-conscious because, you know, she was naked. Oh, Hans Christian Andersen. Her long-ass hair covered everything. It was fine. Fuck, I hope he offers me some clothes. Now she looked down, she noticed her tail was gone. Look at those sexy legs. And she was happy. Except for, you know, every time she took a step because it hurt like fuck. Ow, worth it. Ow, still worth it. Now immediately the prince asked, Hey there naked lady, who the hell are you? Her deep blue eyes looked at him tenderly, but sadly, for she could not uh, speak. Holy fuck, you're missing a tongue. Well. And he took her hand and led her into his palace, with every footstep being more painful than the last. Ow, it's worth it. Ow, it's worth it. And despite the pain, she moved as lightly as a bubble as she walked beside the prince. Wow, you move so gracefully, my dear. And the little mermaid just smiled. Oh my god, it's working. She thought, and everyone who saw her walk thought, wow, what a graceful bitch. You know it. Now of course the prince had her all dressed up in nice clothes, and because this story is the way it is, she of course was objectified for her beauty and was considered the loveliest person in all the palace. But at the time the prince didn't really see her as his love, but more like a little sister. You can't friendzone me, I'm hot. And while she would hang out with the prince, sometimes the servants would come and sing, and one sang much more beautifully than the others. And it pissed her off something royal, because she knew she could out-sing that bitch any day. On my worst day. And then she thought to herself, If only he knew that I parted with my beautiful voice forever so that I could be near him. And never once did she think, Wow, I'm kind of a weirdo. Yeah, uh, excuse me? Yeah, nothing. It's about your time to shine. Bring it. She thought to the narrator, so he could understand it. Yeah, this is getting strange. Anyway, they have some music going. And just as a witch had said, the little mermaid could cut a motherfucking rug. Mm. Mm. Alvis hurts, mm. Alvis hurts, Alvis hurts. And no one had ever seen anybody dance like her. And blah blah blah, she charmed the shit out of everyone. Oh my god, don't blah 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 this part. And blah blah blah, she invented some dance move. I call it the Phantom Fishtail. And just like she wanted, she had charmed the prince something fierce. Wow, you are something else. He said with a big smile. Oh my god, maybe I will get my happy ending. She said to herself, and she danced day after day time and time again. And she entertained the prince so fiercely that he kept her by his side all the time. Girl, I love seeing you dance. And he even kept a velvet pillow outside his door so she could sleep there. I don't get a room, I get a pillow outside the fucking door. Here. Fucking Hans Christian fucking Anderson. Yeah, don't hate the messenger. Eat shit. Ignore this, but the prince loved the little mermaid. He had dresses made for her and little outfits so she could go on horseback with him. And it would take her on rides so she could see the birds and smell the woods. And for the first time in her life, she couldn't smell fish piss even a little bit. It's fucking beautiful, man. And with the prince, she climbed to the highest mountain. Ow, it's worth it. Ow. And although her tender feet would bleed so that all could see, she would smile and laugh and follow him until they could see the clouds driving far below. This is a pretty good life. Ow. It's worth it. Ow. Now at home at the prince's palace, while the others slept at night, she would go down to the broad marble steps to cool her burning feet and Cold sea water. I'm starting to think that maybe chasing a man isn't worth all this effort, she thought, but then she remembered the immortal soul. Yep, yeah, it might not be worth it. And as she sat with her feet in the water, she thought about those that she left behind. And even though she couldn't shed a tear because she still had that mermaid DNA, you know, Dumb. her sadness reverberated throughout the sea. And one night when she was dangling her feet in the water again, her five sisters came by arm in arm, singing <laughs> sadly as they breasted the waves. <clears throat> of course, she couldn't talk, but when she held out her hands, they knew who she was. Well, obviously I have the same face. And they told her how unhappy that she made all of them. Well, oh, again with the family But despite the sister's sadness, they came every night to see her. And one night in the distance, she could see her grandmother and her father. They stretched out their hands to her, and she swore she could hear her father say, You did this to yourself, you dumb idiot! And then they disappeared under the surf. I'm not sure I missed that. Now, day after day, she became more dear to the prince. But again, it was more like a child or a sister. God damn it. Certainly not a potential brat. I'm gonna have to pull my hair back and get fucking serious. The very existence of her immortal soul was on the line. This is fucking ridiculous. It's up to Amanda to decide your worth. Get used to it. Fuck you, narrator. Right, well anyway, she started to develop some kind of body language with the prince. Look into my eyes, you dumb bastard. See that you are going to be my husband, fuck. And her eyes seemed to say don't you love me best of all? Even though I don't know your name, you are most dear to me, for you have the kindest heart. The prince said as he would kiss her forehead. I don't have a kind heart, check out my sweet ass. And then the young prince admitted something very important. You see, you look very much like a young girl I once saw. And the little mermaid's eyes perked up. You see, I was on a shipwreck once, and the waves cast me ashore near a holy temple, and I was saved by a girl that looks just like you. And Ariel couldn't fucking believe it. It was me, you jackass fuck. You see, This young girl found me beside the sea, and she saved my life. And she was appalled to hear that. I saved your life way before that, bitch. I only remember little glimpses, but that's the only woman I could ever love. And the Little Mermaid was confused as fuck. Where does this leave me? You see, you remind me of her so much, you almost replaced a memory of her in my heart. I think that's creepy and wrong. That sounds creepy and wrong. And the confusion and weirdness grew. I have to live with the fact that this motherfucker doesn't know that I saved his life while I'm right in front of him knowing I saved his life. And over time, that pissed her off. Fucking ain't right. Especially since right in front of her eyes, the prince would flirt with other gals. Oh, great. But she would give the stink eye to all the girls who came around the prince. You are literally the death of me, bitch. She would say to herself, unbelievable. But she remembered the witch's words. You're gonna regret this. Ugh. Now, rumors arose that the prince was to wed the beautiful daughter of a neighboring king. Oh, come on. Now, because of this marriage, a big, beautiful ship was built. And they made a huge ordeal about the journey. I gotta make this big, huge journey, but I want you to come with me. The prince said to the little mermaid. You know it, bitch. She thought, nodding her head. I'm supposed to visit this beautiful princess no. for it's my parents' wish. No. But you know, just like I do, I can't love her. Because you love me, you jackass. She raged in her head. For she does not not resemble the lovely maiden in the temple as you Aww. do. And as I would choose a bride, I would rather choose you. But the Little Mermaid knew this half-ass attempt at a compliment and weak-ass attempt at a proposal would not satisfy that eternal soul shit. Oh my god, jackass, I am the one that saved you. How do I do this in charades? And after the prince told her these heartfelt words, he kissed her on the mouth and he played with her hair a little bit. And he laid his head against her heart. And in that moment, she dreamt of her immortal soul. Here we go, happy ending. Please, happy ending. And in that moment, she had hope. And we'll be right back after this shit. Bye, scat soap. Now the prince and the Little Mermaid boarded the ship. Oh, it's It's worth it, Al. It's worth it. When the prince, not knowing the background of his beautiful companion, turned to her and asked, You're not afraid of the sea, are you, my child? When Ariel smiled, and the prince told stories of monsters underneath the waves, and of lost kingdoms, and many other wonders that divers had seen. If you only knew, bitch. And she could only smile, for no one knew about the bottom of the sea as well she did. The irony hurts worse than my feet do. Now while they traveled on the boat in the clear moonlight, when everyone except the man at the helm was asleep, Ariel sat on the side of the ship, gazing down through the transparent water. And she could tell by the stars or some shit that she was near her father's palace. Now maybe I can get a good glimpse of it. And through the water, she could indeed see the palace. Oh my god, it's Grandmama! She thought to herself as she could see her Grandmama. She was standing on the topmost tower, and she could see her back. And her five sisters could also see her, and they quickly swam to the surface. They looked at her sadly, and they waved as the boat moved on. She smiled and waved back. And with her body language, she tried to let them know that all went well and that she was happy. But then along came the cabin boy, and her sisters dove out of sight. And for a brief second, she thought she saw her friend flounder, before he oh, too dove under the water. Little fucking traitor. Now the next morning, the ship came into the harbor of the neighboring king's glorious city. and all the church bells chime and trumpets were sounded from all the high towers. And there were soldiers lined up with flying banners and glittering bayonets. And every day had a new festivity as one ball or levy followed another. There were gladiator games, they fed Christians to lions, they burned Christians at the stake, and they lopped Christians' heads off and played soccer with them. You may have noticed the Christians did not forget about that shit. But anyway, back to the prince and the little mermaid. While the new kingdom was throwing parties and having a good old time, the one thing the prince had not seen was a potential new queen that had yet to appear. You know, I heard the reason she's not here is because she's being brought up in some faraway sacred Tampa. The prince said to the Little Mermaid, she wasn't impressed. I'm sure she's the hoe. She thought worrying about her immortal soul. But according to Hans Christian Andersen, the Little Mermaid was curious to see how beautiful this princess was. And as it turns out, she was hot as fuck. Oh, goddammit. When the potential queen-to-be showed up, the Little Mermaid was like, go oh, on fuck. This lady looked like the people that drew Jessica Rabbit sculpted her out of me. That's a little far. Shut up, this is the longest skit-scat of all fucking time. Right, that's fair. The Little Mermaid thought to the narrator. Right, I'll ignore you. And to make matters worse, the prince recognized the princess-to-be. Wait, I know you. You're the one that saved me. The prince said to his queen, to be. And this crushed the Little Mermaid. No, I saved you. That was the one that just found you after. I'm oh, so happy. The prince exclaimed, throwing his arms around the princess. I've never been so happy. The prince said clasping the blushing bride of his choice in his arms. My fondest dream that I never dared to hope has come true. And with that, the dream of the Little Mermaid died. I had my tongue cut out for this shit. You will share in my great joy, for you love me more than anyone does. The prince said to the stranger he just met, and as the Little Mermaid's heart shattered into a thousand pieces, she kissed the prince's hand. For she knew on the morning after his wedding day that she would be dead and turn to watery foam. I may have made a couple rash decisions here. Now we fast forward to the day of the wedding. All the church bells rang out and heralds rode through the streets to announce it. Hear ye, hear ye, rich fox are doing shit. And upon every altar, sweet scented oils were burning in costly silver lamps. Priests were out in the streets swinging incense. And all the brothels were having an all-you-could-eat buffet. The kingdom was feeling great. And then the bride and groom said, "I do," And that was my short life, yay. And the little mermaid who was adorned in silk and cloth of gold ironically held the bride's train, she silently wept throughout the entire ritual, and her thoughts turned away from the prince that she once loved, and now turned on her last night upon the earth, and on all that she had lost in this world. Okay, I definitely made a couple bad choices. That same evening, the bride and bridegroom went aboard the ship and consummated the fuck out of that marriage. Cannons thundered and banners waved, and blah blah blah, they went on a boat cruise, blah blah blah, little mermaid reminisced, also kinda pissed, blah blah blah, she did one last dance to the cheering of a bunch of assholes, made her feet hurt cause of, you know, blah blah blah. The party lasted long after midnight, and she laughed and danced despite the fact that she hurt like fuck and that she was gonna die in the morning and blah 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 some kind of like sad shit. Goddamn dude come on this is the end. Right we find the little mermaid just perched over the bow I guess of the ship and she knew at the first red hint of daybreak she would be dead. Oh, well, goodbye cruel world. But then she saw her sisters rise up from beneath the waves. They were as pale as she for they had also visited the witch and the little mermaid noticed right away that they were also shaved bald. Oh my god what did they do? And they told her that they had given their hair to the witch so that they could send help to her no. to save the little mermaid from death. Oh you dumb amazing bitches no. The the oldest told him how they were given a knife. And if the little mermaid stabbed that prince right in his dumbass rich heart before sunrise, and you know she bathes in the blood a little bit, oh. that her feet will grow together, she'll become a mermaid, and she'll come home again. Oh my god, sisters! And the sisters implored her to make haste. It was the prince or her. One of them must die before sunrise. And then blah blah blah, their no. grandmother lost her no, hair because no, she blah, was blah, so blah. grief-stricken, and they guilted oh, her, blah, blah blah blah. This is my life, here. blah 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 So it was kill the prince, or, you know, die. Well, this whole thing turned out stupid. And the sisters gave the little mermaid the knife and oh, sunk back god. into the sea. Damn it. And so the little mermaid snuck into the cabin of the prince and his new bride and standing over them with the knife in hand as they slept the little mermaid bent down and kissed the little prince on his forehead and in his sleep he murmured the name of his new bride yeah put your finger in there Jessica and she felt the rage well up inside her you fucking douche and the knife blade trembled in the mermaid's hand you penis owning scum but then something came over her and she hurled the knife out the window into the waves All right, Hans Christian Andersen you fucking win and with one final look at the prince the sun began to rise and she hurled herself over the bulwarks into the sea and she felt her body dissolve in foam but something strange magical and beautiful and wonderful happened. Blah, 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 some religious shit. She became like an angel kind of thing, but without wings, blah, 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 happily ever after the end. Holy shit, that was a long one. Mm. Wake the fuck up, Chitrins. Come on, come on. All right, so I would say that was a bit of a hasty ending, but I would say the moral of the story is, Chitren are stupid. Most of the decisions you make when you're a teenager will haunt you, and definitely do not chase that dick. See you next time, you little waste of carbon shit machines. From California, favorite human in the world and wife to me, Mrs. Skripkeball! Yep, love of my life right there. And starting at Shitbox Wizard from Indiana, Donald Fisher! And starting at Discord, Dookie Slayer from Ohio, Chris Brooks! Chris Brooks, Chris Brooks. And starting at Scatcast Quartermaster from Texas, 900-time Time Suck Trivia Champion, Sunny Solietti! That's right. Bodius and Dipshit Files Researcher. Also starting at Button Pusher, Steve the Button Pusher guy. That's right. And then we have, you know, Tim the Intern, who sucks. Yep, that's right. That's good, that's good on you. Info at scatcast.com. Scatcast.com for merch. Yes, Tim sucks. Patreon.com forward slash scatcast to help us. Five bucks a month gets you the inside scooper, which gets you all sorts of extra shit. And as always, we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like the present. bite. <laughs> Bing. Bong. I was supposed to be Sebastian. Why'd you cut Sebastian? It's because your attitude, Steve.